Shavuos, we so desire to forge a deeper connection to Shavuos by finding some new meaning in the Yantif, some new meaning which is expansive in its scope, overarching the Yantif as a whole. We want to find a, a new idea, a new theme, which can be found pervasively permeating Shavuos, woven throughout the different threads of the Yantif, coming together as a cohesive tapestry. So let's dig in. I would like to begin with a teaching from Chazal and the Bali Machshava, great thinkers, who express as follows. Just as most human relationships are founded upon reciprocity, give and take, I give you and you give me in return. Sometimes I am here to support you, and sometimes you are here to support me. Sometimes I initiate conversation, sometimes you initiate conversation. Well, the same notion of reciprocity is true in the relationship we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sometimes he initiates, sometimes we initiate. When he initiates, the process is called Isirusa Mila'ela, awakening from on high. The awakening is from on high, is from Hashem. Hashem takes the first step towards us. On the other hand, when we initiate towards Him, that is called Isirusa Mila'ata, an awakening from below. We are stirred to express ourselves towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this creates true relationship, a mutual bond between Hashem and the Jewish people in that we are equal partners in this relationship. Well, I would like to suggest that the two Yom Tovim bridged together by Sfira Sa'omer, Pesach on one hand and Shavuos on the other hand, is such a dynamic of reciprocity. Pesach is clearly an awakening from on high. Hashem is the major player in the Pesach dynamic. At Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, he emerged as our savior. We were largely inept, pitiable slaves. Beruchnius, spiritually speaking, we were, we had sunk into the abyss, Tamem Tashari Tumah. So certainly, we were not in the driver's seat at Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, physically or spiritually, Hashem was. He showed his unconditional love to us, even if we were undeserving. That is Pesach. Shavuos, on the other hand, is all about the Jewish people committing towards Hashem. Nasevenishma. It is all about Matan Torah, which is the notion of human responsibility, Jewish responsibility. We have mitzvahs which we need to perform. We commit ourselves. It is an awakening from below. When we tell Hashem, we are invested in this as much as you showed yourself to be invested in this. This is the entire notion 
of a bris of a covenant, i.e. what was forged at Matan Torah. I think in this regard of the pithy quote, when someone challenged a spokesman of the Jewish community, some, someone from without, some Gentile challenged the spokesman, why did God choose the Jews? To which this sage answered, God chose the Jew, chose the Jews? Or did the Jews choose God? As much as God chose the Jews, we chose God. At Matan Torah, we committed ourselves Nasev and Ishma. We committed ourselves in a way which no other people were willing, as we sing in the song from childhood. He asked some other nations, do you want this gift of mine? And only we showed ourselves to be up to the task. So Shavuos completes the circle of reciprocity, now from the Jewish people towards Hashem. Based on this principle, we can explain a marked contrast between Shavuos and all other Yom Tov. And that is in terms of what makes the Yantav a Yantav. Regarding most Yom Tovim, they are calendar-based. On the first of the first month, the Torah says it's Pesach. On the fir- on the, I apologize, the 15th of the first month, the Torah says it's Pesach. On the first of the seventh month, the Torah says it's Rosh Hashanah, and so on. Only Shavuos is not calendar-based, but Sphira-based. In other words, the Torah does not say on the 16th of Sivan is, is Shavuos. The Torah does not give any calendar date for Shavuos. The Torah says you will count 49 days and on the 50th day will be Shavuos. It is totally dependent on our count, not on a calendar date. Shavuos is the anomaly of an otherwise calendar-based system of Yavim Tovim. And this peculiarity, this distinction of Shavuos must be brimming with meaning, must point to the distinction of Shavuos as a Yantif, that it is established differently than the other Yantif. Well, here's the key. At the idea of Isirusimilatata, our initiation, which we have been discussing, because most Yom Tovim, as calendar-based Yom Tovim, are really linked to Hashem's deeds, i.e. natural phenomena. Because the calendar is based on the orbit of the moon, which is a natural phenomenon. This from Hashem. That yes, the Jewish people are glorified as having a degree of role in the establishment of Rosh Chodesh and the Yom Tovim, because we sanctify the new moon. But in a sense, we are just pushing buttons. We are sanctifying a new month, a new lunar month, which Hashem has created. Shavuos, on the other hand, we are not simply pushing buttons. Shavuos is totally our creation. We count these days, and hence Shavuos emerges. Why? Because Shavuos is all about the Jewish people's contribution, reciprocity. When we are showing Hashem, we have what to contribute here as well. So Shavuos is our creation. How resonant from this perspective, the words of the Chumash describing Sphira Sa'omar, Usafartam Lachem, count for yourselves. What is the Lachem teaching me? It could have simply said, Usfartam, count. But no, Usfartam Lachem, count for yourselves. Sephira is about taking ownership of Shavuos. We are literally creating Shavuos. 
Shavuos, which means weeks, which reflects this counting of weeks. 49 days and 7 weeks. We are building it every single day of Sphiris HaOmer. We count the day. And with the day we are counting, we have some sort of personal recognition in our some in, in, inner growth, which is our contribution towards the evolving and developing Shavuos, which is growing naturally out of this count. Because you see, Shavuos is not simply an anticipation, uh, I apologize, is not simply an anticipation for Matan The conventional understanding of Shavuos, the superficial understanding, valid, but superficial, is that Sphere Soma is simply a way of expressing anticipation for the upcoming Shavuos. When you're yearning for something, you count down the days. But you see, that explanation is wholly unfulfilling. It rings incomplete. Because, as many ask, if you are counting from a sense of yearning and longing for something, you don't count up, you count down. Think about children this time of year who are counting the days until school is over and they will start camp. Think about a chas and kala counting down the days to the awaited day. I think of a calendar I once saw in the doctor's office, a real Jewish liberal. The calendar was the number of days until George W. Bush would leave office. When you're yearning for something to happen, you count down the days, and that's not what we're doing, Shavuos. Which indicates to me that Shavuos is primarily not about counting down and longing and awaiting, that might be a truth, but that is not the primary focus of Sphere. We're counting up, because as we're explaining tonight, Sphere is about building up. It's building something. We are literally building and creating the edifice called Shavuos. Shavuos is a reality which will emerge organically from all our work during Sphere. Literally speaking in terms, in terms of the counting, but on a deeper level. The emotional investiture, the spiritual investiture, the introspection of each day of Sphiris to Omer is contouring and forming what that Shavuos will be, because Shavuos would not exist without Sphiris to Omer. Usfaritam lacham, count for yourself. It is not a calendar-based yantif. It is a yantif created by the people. By us. Because Hashem values us. We are not passive parties in the relationship. We are active partners with what to contribute. Hashem values us. He doesn't baby us. Brisk covenant Matan Torah is all about a marital relationship. Spouses, partners, who both bring themselves and their personal expression to the table. It's about us no less than Hashem. And from this perspective, we can begin to develop other dimensions of Shavuos. So let's move on now to one of the major Shavuos questions, arguably the most weighty question about Shavuos, the elephant in the room question about Shavuos, almost. And that is the Torah's deafening silence in describing Shavuos. Torah Shebek Sav never says, Zman Matan Torah Seinu. Torah Shebek Sav, with regard to Shavuos, gives a very different feel, and it seems to point towards a very different theme. What the Torah says regarding Shavuos is, 
first a carbon omer, one harvest offering is brought. And then after your count of spheres homer, a second harvest offering, a second offering from the first harvest, the Shteyalechem, is brought. So it seems to be a harvest festival. It's Chag HaKatzir, because this time of year is when the farmer reaps his crop. And hence there's a celebration, a thanksgiving to Hashem. This would sound very much like the thanksgiving in other cultures, which a farmer expresses when he reaps his crop. And the Torah articulates this almost explicitly in Sefer Dvarim, when it says regarding Shavuos, misas nidvas yedecha. This is the time when you offer from your bounty. It's a holiday all about the bounty of our harvest. That would be the Pshuto Shalmikra perspective on Shavuos. Come, comes along then Torah Shabal Peh and breathes this new meaning in that it's Man Matam Torah And the question is, how do you reconcile these very two different Two very different perspectives about Shavuos. Is it a harvest festival or is it Zman Matam Taraseno? Can't be two dis- disparate dimensions. And it can't be that the Torah is totally neglecting the Zman Matam Taraseno meaning, which is too important to ignore. So, what I would argue is as follows. The harvest season motif of the Chumash is actually the dimension of Matan Torah which we are supposed to be focused on on this Yantif. Because what is a harvest? Harvest is when the farmer takes a crop which has till now been natural vegetation, which has till now been part of the habitat, nature, the work of Hashem. And now he cuts it with his sickle, detaches it from nature, detaches it from Hashem's garden, and he takes the grain for himself with a sense of personal accomplishment, with a sense of storing away his profits. He takes ownership. What this symbolizes is man takes ownership of what was previously a divine project. That you see Pesach as Chag of Pesach as the blossoming season, is all about Hashem's initiative, as we explained. Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. So it is appropriately during Chag HaAviv when nature, Hashem's domain, is blossoming. The work of the divine, the work of nature. But then comes along Shavuos, Chag HaKatzir. We are reaping the harvest. We are taking ownership of what was turned out the divine for ourselves. This ought to happen beyond simply the physical when we take stalks of wheat. But in terms of when we take all divine contributions, including spirituality. And that is ultimately what Matan Torah is when we take it for ourselves. You see, Matan Torah per se might be too big, too meta to be captured by any Yantif. On some level, the Gemara tells us we celebrate Matan Torah every day. So the Chumash does not speak of this as Man Matan Torah Seinu but with a more nuance, it picks up on a dimension, an aspect. It picks up on the idea of Kitsira, the symbolism of Kitsira, the symbolism of man taking what was natural and Hashem's now for himself. Usvartem lachem, it is ours. And it's actually a fascinating idea that man takes from nature, takes from Hashem's garden. There's a certain modern 
resonance or, or almost modern tension in this surrounding this issue. We all know environmentalists that believe nature is pristine, nature is beautiful, and human progress pollutes the environment. Processed foods, even healthy processed foods from this perspective, distort that which is natural. But on some level, I would suggest, Torah teaches us, regardless of what your viewpoints may be regarding natural foods versus processed foods, but when we talk about certainly spiritual matters, nature is meant to be improved upon. We, man, mankind, certainly Jewish people, we are active participants in this great enterprise called life. Hashem wants us to do something with it. That's what Shavuos is about. That's what Usfartin Lacham is all about. Which begins to explain yet another dynamic about Shavuos. And that is a compare-contrast. Study the two carbonos. Study the two harvest offerings, which bracket this period of Sphere Solomon. First, we have the Oak Carbonomer, sacrifice the second day of Pesach. Now, the carbon omer is offered from kernels of grain, kernels of barley. But then at the end of Svir Somer, Shavuos time, the new harvest offering, the Shtei HaLechem, is not kernels of grain. It is bread. It's brought from wheat bread. It seems on some level that the transition from Pesach to Shavuos, symbolized by Svir Somer, account from the barley kernels of the Omer to the bread of Shavuos is fixated on this graduation from kernels to bread. Omer to Shtei Halechem. What does that symbolize? Well, of course, kernels are the natural state in which the vegetation grew. Kernels represent Hashem's product. On Pesach, we sacrifice the Omer. We are still in the realm of the, the largely the natural. Hashem is the great player. But you see, Shavuos time, we've now taken ownership for ourselves. The Jewish people have committed. Kernels have been made into bread. Bread is always the handiwork of man. That's a powerful motif. A powerful motif which should go beyond vegetation and the development of pastries and bread. Which reflects something about our role on earth. And how Hashem and the, and the notion of reciprocity, mutual relationship, Hashem wants our engagement. That is what Shavuos is about. And I have a splendid support for this understanding of the Shtehalachim of the breads of Shavuos. To see the bread as representing human initiative and the human contributions to the divine. Because we find a medrash which explicitly sees the development of bread this way. I am referring to a medrash regarding a debate between Rabbi Akiva and the Roman governor named Tornus Rufus. Tornus Rufus was the Roman governor who lived during Rabbi Akiva's time period, and there are many interesting dialogues which they had, arguments which they had. And just to throw in a little tidbit of human interest, Tornus Rufus's wife, beautiful wife, later converts and actually marries Rabbi Akiva. So it's a very interesting relationship between Rabbi Akiva and Tornus Rufus. 
Well, the particular Medrash germane to us says as follows. It says, Tornus Rufus challenged Rabbi Akiva regarding the mitzvah of Mila. What is this business that you do circumcise yourself? You are mutilating the body, right? That is, of course, an old canard throw it against Mila. You're mutilating the body. He said, don't you believe, he challenged Rabbi Akiva, don't you believe that God is perfect? If God's perfect, he made a perfect body. What are you doing? Messing around with it, mutilating it. And Rabbi Akiva turned around to Tornus Rufus. He said, hold on. What did you eat for lunch? You ate a gliska, you ate a pastry. Is that the work of God? Hashem just grew some wheat. And you took that wheat and you made it into a pastry. You're mutilating God's, you're tampering with God's creation. Must be. It is appropriate to improve upon God's creation. Well, the same thing is true regarding the body. And Mila. What Rabbi Akiva is saying is, bread, the basic nutrition of man, brings out the profound truth that Hashem created perfect as he is actually created an imperfect nature, a nature which cannot fully sustain us. Grain is not edible. Hashem is showing us in, the, in our very survival. You human beings need to improve upon my handiwork, Hashem says. Though I, Hashem, am perfect, I made an imperfect creation because I want to welcome man's contribution. And I want to affirm the indispensable nature of man's contribution. This is true not only regarding grain and bread, but ultimately regarding, regarding the state of man and spirituality, as Rabbi Akiva is explaining regarding Brismila. The body, the uncircumcised body, carries various stigmas. We know that the Arla, the foreskin, represents man's uninhibited drives, uninhibited physical drives without sanctification, when the powerful, meaningful drive for a relationship between man and woman can, can devolve into something very base and very demeaning. Mila is sanctifying these most base drives in a human being, and raising the promise for a beautiful, most rewarding human experience called true relationship. But you see, we have to elevate ourselves to that. The body left to itself is in a sense primitive. Hashem made a spiritually primitive body. A body which is in a certain sense ape-like until man sanctifies it. Yes, that is in fact how God, Hashem is making things. That's what Mila, and for that matter, Torah is all about. Mitzvahs are all about. Well, what is the symbol of that great principle that man improves upon Hashem's nature and sanctifies it? The symbol is bread. Well, how resonant now that on Shavuos, unlike the previous Omer Karban of Pesach, we now sacrifice bread. That is what the holiday is all about. Celebrating man's contribution as no less important than Hashem's natural world. There are other manifestations of this idea in Shavuos, because as I mentioned, when we have a new insight into a Yantif, what we are looking for is the expansiveness of the scope of the idea, how the idea can be traced pervasively permeating the Yantif and its different dimensions. So let's move on to another dimension about Shavuos. Shavuos is a yantif about geiris, about converts. The Jewish people were geirim at Matan Torah. 
We read Megillus Rus, the story of the righteous Gioras convert Rus. Well, what is Gairus, if not a story about humans bucking the status quo? You have an individual who was not born Jewish, who based on Hashem's creation is in a very different place. But they say, I know there are no ceilings imposed upon me. I can rise above the circumstances of my birth and become something else. I can have dreams. I can have spiritual aspirations. I can even have a soul change and a shama change, which is, we believe, what happens at the time of Akeris. I can have so marked a spiritual metamorphosis accomplished by myself. That is what Kairos is about. It's, a, it's not simply now a tidbit of Shavuos. It is a bringing to life the entire theme of the Yantif. We actualize, we self-actualize. And while most of us, such as myself, were born Jewish, are not literal Geirin, the meaning of this teaching is the type of Yiddishkeit I have, what my Chelek in Torah is, is going to be determined by me. I am going to make myself and find myself in Torah in a way which is different than my parents and unique. We are all Geirim on that level, self-made people, and that's what Matan Torah is all about. And the pattern continues. Other manifestations of this idea that Shavuos is all about us, celebrating us, celebrating that there is an earth as much as there is in a heaven. There is a realm of man, no less valuable than the realm of Hashem. Well, in this vein, we appreciate the words of the following Gemara. The Gemara tells us, Everyone agrees that on the Yantif of Shavuos, one needs physical celebration. Unlike other Yom Tovim, where potentially, according to some opinions, one can spend the whole day in the base Medrash and have Simchas Yantif through spiritual behaviors, on Shavuos we're taught you need physical pleasure. And hence the Gemara continues, Rabbi Yosef, the great sage, would, would slaughter for himself an iglatilsa, a delectable calf. He'd have a very fine spread on the Yantif of Shavuos. Matan Torah demands... A sumptuous meal. And Rabbi Yosef continues to explain, you know why I'm celebrating Shavuos this way? Ilav hayuma kama yosei If not for today, I wouldn't be Rav Yosef. I would just be Yosef. I'd be like any other Joe in the street. That is the well-known Gemara. Now, Mafar Shamal ask, why must Matan Torah be celebrated physically? With physical delights, with sumptuous meals. You can argue that the spirituality of Torah ought to warrant a spiritual celebration. And as with every question in Torah, a million and one answers are given. But tonight, in light of what we've developed thematically about Shavuos, we can reveal a deeper dimension to this Gemara. Shavuos is all about man and earth, earth along with heaven. The notion that Torah is not about the divine alone. It's about us and our world. Petty as it might seem, but meaningful it is to Hashem, our contributions from our earthly realm. So Shavuos must be celebrated in our world. 
And this explanation is resonant when you think about the context of the Gemara, the continuation of the Gemara, when Rav Yosef says, if not for today, I would just be a Yosef. Well, think about what he's saying now. Yosef is his birth name. Yosef is who he was by virtue of his birth. The celebration that he became Rav Yosef is reflecting the dint of his personal accomplishment, what he made himself into. He's saying that Shavuos is all about Yosef becoming Rav Yosef. It's all about the metamorphosis of self through self, through personal accomplishment, through personal tenacity to become something. So clear now what the Gemara is saying. Shavuos is celebrated with physical delights in our world rather than the divine world because it is a day celebrating what we became. Yosef became Rav Yosef. And all of us, regardless of if our moniker or title is Rav or what, or Rabbi, think about what we became. What I have made out of myself this year spiritually and what my aspirations are for the year to come. What I am going to make out of myself. Well, listen now. Take a step back. And here is... Here is a delightful realization. Read the words of this Gemara now and hear the echo, hear the reverberation. This teaching that Torah needs to be celebrated in our physical world, the Gemara derives from the word lachem, for yourself. What is that echo of? That echoes of the terminology of Shavuos, Sviris Haomerch, we began tonight's share with. What a, relev- what a resonant echo. It's a yantif about counting for yourself, and it's a yantif now about celebrating yourselves. Same word popping up again. Here we have the text itself when we connect the dots. Weaving the tapestry which we have woven in tonight's year. Can- Bringing together these various dimensions of Shavuos, from the counting of sphere, from the building of Shavuos by dint of our own efforts rather than the calendar, here to the notion of celebration in our world, delectable physical delights. It all comes together in this expression, Lacham, in all of its appearances. It's about us. It's a celebration of us. Another dimension, another really layer of the onion about Shavuos, which now fits right into place, is the stress on Torah Shabbat Peh. We are taught that Shavuos is a day to study Torah Shabbat Peh. For example, the Zohar says that the night of Shavuos, well, Shavuos, you should stay up the whole night Immersing yourself in Torah Shabal Peh, oral Torah, Talmudic Torah. Whereas the Zohar articulates in a different place, you are supposed to study Torah Shabal Peh along with Torah Shabbat Shabbat. You are supposed to ensure that your study is not limited to scripture, to Tanakh, but also includes Torah Shabal Peh side by side with it. For some reason, Shavuos fixates on the duality of Torah Shabal Peh, along with Torah Shabbat The fact that Hashem alone did not write a Torah, but there was also a Torah developed by the Jewish people, Torah Shabal Peh, as brought out by a final piece of Zohar, 
when we connect the dots. The Zohar tells us that the month of Shavuos, Chodesh Sivan, which is right around the corner next week. Well, Chodesh Sivan, we know the zodiac sign of Sivan. The Mazel of Sivan is Te'umim twins. Why, explains the Zohar, the Te'umim, the twins, represents the inseparable relationship of Torah Shavak and Torah Shaval Peh, celebrated on Shavuos. Just as you have two twins who have this almost secret relationship between them, this inseparable nature of two twins. Well, that is Torah Shavak and Torah Shaval Peh, and that is what Shavuos is celebrating. So here we've traced from a plethora of sources and cre- we have revealed Torah Shabal Peh conjoined with Torah Shabbat Sav is what this Yantaf is all about. Why? Well, now we understand why. It is in line with the greater theme we've studied tonight. Reciprocity. Shavuos is celebrating the partnership between Hashem and the Jewish people. That this great endeavor called Yiddish Kai called Torah is all about mutual expression from Hashem to us and from us to Hashem. And therefore, it is celebrating the twin, the inseparable twin-like connection between Torah Shabbat Hashem's teachings, and Torah Shabbat the Jewish people's teachings. We are both equal stakeholders in this grand enterprise called Torah. And both Hashem's contribution and man's are indispensable, and the two are inseparable from each other like twins. Just as the parties at hand, Hashem and the Jewish people, these two loving parties are inseparable from each other. So tonight, we have brought a lot together, all sorts of motifs about Shavuos, from Geiras to becoming a self-made man, Lachem, and now Torah Shabal Peh. And we've shown how they all underscore this grander idea of Shavuos. Shavuos as a yantif celebrating us and ourselves, that we are parties in this relationship. That Hashem did not want a covenant with a passive people. Hashem wanted a covenant with an engaged people, all of us, who are engaged and offering from ourselves in the relationship. Think about any friendship or even deeper, more intimate bonds you have. No one likes simply a passive partner who just goes along for the ride. You want the person to share from themselves. That's what a connection is all about. That's what relationship is all about. If I may say in the most brusque terms, a passive partner is boring. You want to be enriched. You want to share. You want to give and take. That is what Hashem wants. That's what Shavuos is all about. That's what Torah is all about. A Torah which welcomes our development, our creativity, our Kiddushim. Well, to close tonight's cheer, to bring together our study, our connect the dots. I am looking for a kicker here. What I am looking for is, I am looking to find a person, a persona, someone who can be called almost the mascot of Shavuos. Some individual who seems to be the person about Shavuos. And to see in their persona everything which we studied tonight. Right there, coming together. Which individual do we talk about most often this Shavuot season? Of course, Rabbi Akiva. This whole season of Sviris HaOmer, we've been mourning the death of the students of Rabbi Akiva. We've been mourning that loss of Rabbi Akiva's legacy. 
which was forever lost when his 24,000 students died. And at the same time, Lag Bomer, we were celebrating the survival of Rabbi Akiva's legacy and the fact that his, his final students, his final five students survived. And hence, Rabbi Akiva's contribution survives forever. In Jewish consciousness, Rabbi Akiva's looming large this season, which means... Beyond simply a calendar awareness, Rabbi Akiva's students died during this time. There, there, there's something deeper going on here. Rabbi Akiva is somehow capturing for us what the season's all about. Well, let's think about the persona of Rabbi Akiva. Who was Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva is the very epitome of self-made man. We know Rabbi Akiva was born on the lowest caste of society. He was a simple shepherd, which is why his affluent father-in-law from the higher caste, so to speak, from the wealthy class, turned down his nose and forbid his daughter to marry Rabbi Akiva. You're an ignoramus. But what did Rabbi Akiva do? Despite humble origins, Rabbi Akiva made something from himself. He pulled himself from his bootstraps up. Everything we've been studying that Shavuos is about, we make something of ourselves. Lachem, Rabbi Akiva's Mr. Lachem, Usvartam Lachem. And what else is Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva's Mr. Torah Shabal Peh. The Arizal teaches that Rabbi Akiva, more so than any of the other sages, is called the father of Torah Shabal Peh because his whole methodology of Drasha becomes the exemplification of what Torah Shabal Peh is. And what else do we know about Rabbi Akiva? We are taught that Rabbi Akiva is a ben Gerim, is a descendant of Gerim. Well, what an uncanny realization that in the persona of Rabbi Akiva you have so many of the pieces we study tonight coming together. The Torah Shabal Peh, mandate of our contribution, our creative development, the notion of pulling oneself from the bootstraps up despite humble origins, the Yosef who becomes the Rav Yosef, and the notion of Geirim. And then finally, you recall that it was Rabbi Akiva who told Tornus Rufus the mashal about the bread when, when Tornus Rufus accused, accused Rabbi Akiva and by extension through the old canard against the Jews of mutilating the body through circumcision. It was Rabbi Akiva who used the metaphor of the bread. Well, that is not a coincidence that it was Rabbi Akiva of all the sages who realized this. Rabbi Akiva's perspective, the, bre- the grain becomes bread. Man improves upon Hashem's natural order. That was, I believe, a cry from the very pit of Rabbi Akiva's soul. That's who he is. This is his neshama. This is who he is. He is Mr. Self-Made Man. I'm not going to settle for status quo, the way the natural circumstances of my birth, if I, Rabbi Akiva, would be that way, I would still be an uncouth shepherd. This is who Rabbi Akiva is. Well, here we have all, basically all of the threads which we wove tonight in our tapestry, all coming together in Rabbi Akiva. Lachem, Torah Ger, Bread, Rabbi Akiva is our clincher. Rabbi Akiva is really our, the linchpin of our entire shir tonight, the validation that all of these dots are connected in the way we have connected them. This is a yantif all about celebrating us. And therefore, my friends, the way to celebrate Shavuos is with deep personal expression. Be Torah 
in a deeply individualistic fashion. Think, who am I? What is my identity in Torah? What do I do with Torah? That Torah which Hashem gave. What is the unique way I think about it? What is the unique way I practice it? How am I going to commit for the coming year? Not simply to be a good person, but how am I going to commit for the coming year to advance the needle further of my Torah? What I do with Torah? How I celebrate Yiddishkeit? How I make a Shabbos? How I, with my unique sentiments, my the sentimental nature of how I make a Shabbos, what sort of props I put out on a Shabbos table, what sort of dishes I cook, what type of Chidushe Torah I learn, the way I try to think about a text, what is the type of chesed initiatives I'm involved in, all of that. That is what Shavuos is about. Shavuos is indeed the celebration of us. Thank you very much.